Hello and welcome to this edition of Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. In part one of a two-part podcast, Bill Hodges has as his guest Andrew Sakala, Special Agent, Private Sector Coordinator with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Andy, as he prefers to be called, is the FBI Special Agent in Charge for the Tampa Area White Collar Crime Section. Scams directed at active duty, retired military, and other veterans, as well as their families, are on the rise and are getting special attention from our FBI. This is part one of a two-part series that will tell you what to watch out for and how to react if you are approached. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner. As with every Veterans Corner, I suggest that you bring into the room your spouse or the veteran, either way. And in this instance, just about anybody within earshot, because we're going to do a very interesting show today, one that will talk about scams and crimes, not only against veterans, but against their families and against just about anybody who jumps for the bait. So I have with me as a guest, Special Agent Andy Sakella. Andy, you're with the Tampa office of the FBI, is that correct? That's correct, Bill. Andy, how long have you been with the FBI? 16 years, Bill. And you're a military man yourself. I understand you graduated from the Annapolis? That's correct. When did you graduate from Annapolis? I graduated in 1992. Oh, that's not too long ago <laughs> at all. You're still young guy. Yes. And then you served in submarines? That's, that's right. Spent five years on submarines before I got out of the Navy. Spent seven years in the private sector. And then about a year after 9-11 hit, I got this crazy idea to join the FBI. And here I am 16 years later. Well, it's great to have you on the program and talking about the kinds of scams that people who are in the military or who have retired from the military or just got out might face. One of the things that's always kind of scared me, I lived over in Apollo Beach, and in that area there are a number of people from McDill, and they're still in the military some of them are stationed somewhere else in the world and their families are there. It would seem to me that that would be almost a critical situation for watching for scams with the person being gone, the other person with their hands full, keeping things going. What can we do about that? That's a great point, Bill. And that's one of the reasons why I think the scammers will target veterans is because especially in cases where there's family separation, you don't have your partner or your spouse there, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to work with and to try to figure out what the best course of action is for a particular 
uh, investment that you want to buy, or maybe you're thinking of buying or selling a home, and you're doing that on that on your own without the benefit of having your spouse to work with and consult with on coming to that decision. And so it puts a lot of the burden on the family member that is left alone, especially if they have children, they have enough things to worry about. And again, <laughs> sure. that's one of the weaknesses or the vulnerabilities that the scammers prey on. I lived in a, a mill town for Wright-Patterson Air Force Base called Fairborn, Ohio for a long, long time. And almost all my neighbors were military. Uh-huh. And it was really rough watching some of them go through it. Because the military member would be gone for a year, many times, even more. And the family would have to do without them. Mm-hmm. And I was deployed when I was in the military, of course. My father was in the Navy and the Marine Corps, and I remember growing up with him being deployed. My brother retired from the Marines, and I remember hearing stories about the hardships his family went through when he was deployed. What are some of the things that we should look at right off the top? We want to talk about specific scams pointed towards military and others. But what are the things that are warning signs right off the top? So the piece of advice that I give to people just generally whenever they're contemplating some kind of a financial deal, and I hate to say this because I'm an optimist and I like to think the best in people. My advice is assume that any kind of communication that you receive, whether it's an email, a text message, a phone call, a website that you visit, Assume that that communication is fraudulent until you establish its legitimacy. And again, I don't like thinking that way. Especially if you don't request it. It, it, Absolutely. But it's really on us as individuals to be our own advocates when it comes to protecting ourselves against these types of schemes. These scams are way too pervasive, way too common for law enforcement to arrest or investigate our way out of. We can't rely on law enforcement to bring to justice all the scammers that are out there. We can't rely on lawmakers to pass legislation that's going to prevent scammers from targeting victims. So it's really up to us to be the defenders and protectors of our own money and our own assets. And that means doing the research to make sure that the person that is sending you this email or calling you Make sure they are who they say they are. And that's really difficult because if, you know, many people have computers. Yes. They have absolutely no idea how to make them work, at least work for them rather than against them. And to counter that unfamiliarity that people may have with computers, there's a very easy way to do that. Search engines are your friend. And I'll give you an example of why I say that. Several years ago, we had a case on my squad that involved an individual who had a previous conviction for investment fraud. After he got out of jail, he started a very similar scheme and defrauded people out of about a million and a half dollars in the second scheme. Ouch. And there were a number of victims, maybe about a dozen or so victims. And we interviewed those victims and asked every one of them, did you do some homework on this person before you gave your hard-earned money to this individual? Not a single one had done any research. (laughs) Because if they had gone into a search engine on their computer and typed the, his name into the computer, his previous arrest, which was public knowledge, would have come oh up. Oh, my goodness. And we asked those victims, if you had known that, I'll just say his name is John Doe, if you had known that John Doe was previously convicted of investment fraud, would you have invested with him again? And of course the answer was no, but at that point it's too late. And again, back to my earlier point, all it took was a few seconds of their time 
to do a little bit of research, a little bit of homework on this individual before they gave him all this money. Even then, it's a little scary when you go in and search something because the first things that will come up are ads that are paid for. That's right. So you and have to be really careful when you use really the search engines. You have to be really careful in looking at the URL on the end of every one of them. That's right. You know, what is it? Uh, I went to look up today. I, I went to look up something on Canon printers, and I got something that wasn't Canon. Mm -hmm. It had Canon, 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 then something else, dot com. Mm -hmm. And so I went in and looked at it, and I got a big fraud alert. <laughs> so I think if you're ever going on a computer, you should spend a little time learning how to make it work and not trust it. Absolutely. I think you're right. I hate to go through life not trusting, but there's so many people out there who are, well, are my vets. They're busy. Many of them are older now. Mm -hmm. And the son, the daughter, somebody gave them the computer. And they said, Dad, all you have to do is push this button, this button, this button. And that's the total training on it. <laughs> so they need more. What are some of the things that we would look for if a fraud was in front of us? What are the frauds that you see that people are constantly being faced with? It, it really comes down to using common sense and good judgment. That old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, then it is. That is absolutely the case <laughs> with these fraud schemes. And we see that victims are very often lured into participating in these schemes. And there's a whole host of different types of schemes. And we'll talk a little bit about the various different fraud schemes just to give folks a flavor of those different types of schemes. But it is just amazing to me the variety of the schemes that the subjects come up with. And they are preying on people's emotions, including, in some cases, greed. And so they will tantalize these potential victims with promises of fantastically high returns on their investment or extremely low risk. This is a guaranteed return on your investment. You really have to be cautious about that before you get suckered in to giving your money to somebody based on these promises that sound too good to be true. I had a veteran friend of mine come to me the other day, and he said, hey, I got this thing through the mail, and they have said I won a lottery. And I said, did you buy a ticket in the lottery? He said, no. I said, do you have to give any money to anybody in order to be able to collect your money? Well, yeah, they just want $100, though. Andy, how many hundred dollars are they going to try to get from you before it's over? My veteran friend, by the way, he just said, okay, no, we won't do that. But how many, that's just the, the hook, right? That, that is the hook. And I'm glad that your friend didn't become victimized by this. Just a couple days ago, I talked to a local victim who had lost around $70,000 as part of a fraud scheme. And so he finally got the inkling that he was being defrauded, and that's when he reported it to the FBI. How much? $70,000. And he and it just, was, just started to catch on. He was being defrauded, he right? He did. But as I'm on the phone to him, explaining to him that this is a fraud, he told me, well, they said to me, if I just pay this last $2,000, I'll get all of my money back. And I told him, you can't do that. If you had $100 million, they would keep stringing you along until that $100 million was gone because they dangle that carrot in front of you. They try to prey on people's weaknesses and emotions thinking that, oh, if I just take this one last step, if I just give them this last little bit of money, I'll be made whole and I won't have lost any money. 
that really, you know, 70,000. I look at these folks that have made big money. They've got to. They've got it in the account. Right. And they had to be intelligent somewhere along the line to be sucked into some of these things. But I guess it's human nature. It is human nature. And I'll give you an example of how the subjects exploit human nature. In one of the significant wire fraud cases that my squad has, which is it's almost over, but uh, we've charged 13 individuals, uh, some U.S. and some foreigners as part of this. It's a massive international money laundering organization that engages in a whole host of different types of fraud. But in a, the execution of a search warrant on one of the subject's email accounts, we found an 80-page script or playbook that gave guidance to these scammers on what they say to people wow. to, to get them to fool them and to trick them into sending them money. And it's, it's like if the person says A, you turn to page four. If they say B, you turn to page six, et cetera, et cetera. An 80-page script of things to say that time and time again has proven to work for these subjects. And that's why they distributed this script to all the members of the conspiracy so that they knew when they called a potential victim, this is the script that they're going to use. It's similar to what telemarketers do in terms of the scripts that they use to sell products. Of course, in that case, telemarketers have a legitimate business. We're talking about scammers, but it's the same philosophy in terms of utilizing and saying certain things that's going to let the person's guard down or otherwise convince them that this is a real business opportunity. Andy, I really enjoyed talking with you today, and I think that I'd like to do a second show right after this one. Would you stay and do another show with me? Absolutely, Bill. I want to give you a number in case you missed the show. The number for the FBI here in Tampa is 813-253-1000. That's 813-253-1000. If you think you're being scammed, call right away. There's a website, www.ic3.gov. That's www.ic3.gov. Andy Sakala, thank you for being with me, and we'll come back with another show very quickly. Thank you, Bill. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know, and we'll talk to you on the next Veterans Corner. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner.